This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Acclaimed author Jessica Chiarella makes a departure from her critically lauded debut and again with the new book, The Lost Girls, a propulsive and engrossing thriller about a true crime podcast host who was pulled into the web of a case that may offer a surprising connection to her own sister's disappearance years earlier. Jessica Chiarella is the author of And Again. She holds an MA in writing and publishing from DePaul University and an MFA in creative writing from the University of California, Riverside. Makes her home in Chicago, Illinois. Happy to have Jessica Chiarella join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Jessica, welcome to this program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So what is this new novel all about? Okay, so this novel is a thriller about Marty Reese. She is, as you said, a podcaster who has um, actually become kind of famous documenting the story of her own sister's disappearance when Marty herself was eight years old. So she and her sister were walking home one day, were stopped by a car, Um, Her sister turned to her and told her to run away, and Marty does. And she sees her sister get into a car with a man, and she is never seen again. And Marty has sort of lived over the next 20 years with this question of what happened to her sister sort of looming over everything else in her life. And she has spent this past 20 years trying to figure out what did happen to her sister, trying to keep her sister's case from going cold. And one way that she is doing that is by um, recording it into a podcast, which, you know, as usually happens when cases gain some notoriety, especially cold cases, starts to bring up new leads. So people start contacting her, um, you know, with with new angles on the case of her sister's disappearance. And one of those people is a woman named Ava Vreeland, who believes that a similar case involving her family might be connected to Marty's sister's disappearance. So when these two characters sort of join forces and decide that they're going to start investigating these two cases to see if the linkage is real is sort of where the story takes off. Jessica, what inspired you to write this book? I mean, I'm a huge fan of true crime myself. Um, You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and watch a lot of the series. Um, But, you know, I think the thing that really inspired me to write it was um, just wanting to write something fun and diverting and transporting and, you know, sort of feeling like I wanted to rediscover um, uh, the joy of trying something new in my own work. Uh, You know, I, I... I feel like I wanted to tackle trying to work in a genre that I never had before, seeing what, what it was like, seeing what the constraints of, you know, a thriller would, would be like. And, um, you know, I feel like the podcasting angle fits so perfectly in with what I wanted to do because it, it gives um, sort of an amateur investigator a lot of agency to go out and sort of look into a case on her own. So that felt just like the perfect entry point for me. And honestly, the minute I dove in, it felt like, at times it felt like the story kind of wrote itself. Jessica Chiarella is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. Her new book is The Lost Girls. Let's talk about the characters here. And how did you create them, Marty and Ava? So Marty 
felt like once I knew her backstory, her character became very easy to access because she was a person who was sort of walking around with every advantage in the world. She had grown up in a very wealthy part of the North Shore of, of Chicago. Um, she had, you know, had all of these advantages in terms of, you know, education, you know, family wealth. And because of her sister's disappearance, she has tried ever since to be kind of the good daughter, the perfect, you know, the perfect daughter who's left behind. She goes to college, she gets married, and she gets to a point in her life when she can no longer pretend anymore that she's not just fully obsessed with the question of what happened to her sister. Um, it just completely takes over her life. She ends up derailing her relationship with her family her, um, you know, professional prospects and her marriage all in sort of one, you know, six-month period of just irresponsible behavior and obsession and sort of grabs onto this podcast as the thing that could, you know, right the ship a little bit in her life, whereas Ava has had almost the opposite experience. She has, you know, a background where she grew up in a very working-class area. There was a lot of... Um, abuse and trouble in her background and her family life. You know, her family life is very dysfunctional. She has this brother who gets into trouble a lot and continues to get into trouble. And, um, you know, she became an ER doctor. She became very successful and very wealthy and marries this sort of perfect guy, um, you know, after coming from such a difficult background. So th these two characters have almost you know, traded trajectories. Um, and so they've got, there's a lot in common between them, but there's also a lot of difference in the ways, in the lives that they're living currently. And, you know, it felt like a very interesting um, contrast to play off of with the two of them when they're sort of together within the text. You mentioned earlier that you're a big true crime fan. Uh, what was your research like? And what's the most surprising thing you learned while writing this book, The Lost Girls? Well, that's a good question. So I, um, I did a lot of research into podcasting. Uh, I've got some friends who run a podcast production company out in L.A. And then I've also got a couple of friends who just, like, have their own little podcast here in Chicago. So I was able to see sort of both ends of the, the podcasting spectrum. There were the people who do it, you know, in an, on an incredible professional level, and then the people who are just sort of, like, doing it in their kitchen. Um, so, you know, just, like, recording on the fly. And so I was able to sort of meld the those two frames of reference together for what Marty and her um, producing partner, Andrea, are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And then um, I learned a lot about police procedure, um, particularly from my uncle, who's a retired police officer. And, um, you know, it was interesting to sort of delve into the details that I thought were okay that I turned out to have gotten wrong in the, in the story. Like I had an entire plot point hinging on something being erased from a police file. And so I, I thought, maybe I should check this. And I asked my uncle, would a police officer ever take notes in pencil? And he said, oh, no, 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 never. It's the first thing you learn in the police academy. You're always taking notes in pen. Mm. So, I mean, for me, it was like, ah, okay, so now I've got to change this. And there were just, you know, interesting details like that. But I think probably the most surprising thing that I learned was when I was researching missing persons, particularly in the 90s. I wanted to make sure that I was representing um, the police response there accurately. And so I thought, 
Would Maggie, you know, Marty's older sister, potentially be treated as a runaway? Is that something that might have happened? And I found this document that I think the Department of Justice had put out at one point to local police departments saying, like, please do not assume that teenagers who go missing are runaways. I mean, it was like this directive from on high saying, you know, you have to treat these as missing persons because apparently there were so many that were just kind of dismissed as runaways that it was becoming a problem. So I think that was the most surprising thing that, yeah, a lot of times, um, especially back in the day, uh, disappearances were treated as just potential runaways um, that, you know, may not have been. So you had all this research. Um, do you use an outline? And did you use an outline for this book, or did you let the story unfold as you were writing it? Usually I just let stories unfold as I as I write. But, you know, on this one I knew it had to be pretty tightly plotted. And so I invested the help of a, a writer friend of mine who's very familiar with mystery novels and crime fiction, and he helped, uh, helped me plot out the overall story arc. So I knew that... Um, you know, all of the events of the investigation would have to fall at some, you know, in some specific order on a timeline. I would have to, you know, sew in some misdirection here, a red herring here, you know, here's where the twist comes. And so then once I had the idea of, okay, this is how the case unfolds, then I just sort of dove in and wrote Marty and sort of let her react in, in the way that I would write normally, which is just, I'm just going to start and see how see what the characters do. Um, and so that, it was kind of an interesting melding of, it wasn't, you know, a very detailed outline. It was more an outline of the, you know, the forensic side of the case. And then I sort of let, you know, was able to let the character behave in the way that I'm used to writing, um, which is just, okay, let me see how this unfolds. I mentioned in the introduction, Jessica, that you have a MA in writing and publishing from DePaul, MFA in creative writing from the University of California, Riverside. How did you come to be a writer? Um, you know, it took me a while. Uh, I always wrote a lot as a kid, um, but, you know, I, I didn't know enough to know that sometimes writing gets really hard, even for the professionals. And so I thought I wasn't very good at it because, you know, I would have these good ideas and I would start writing and then I would just sort of you know, get stuck and not know what to do. And I thought that that meant that I was not a very good writer. And so I pursued other things. You know, I, I got um, a degree in political science as an undergraduate. And when I graduated, I was, you know, thinking, okay, maybe law school. And then I thought, well, maybe grad school. And DePaul had this master's of writing and publishing. And I remember reading a description of it, how it was all workshop-based. You know, you're writing all of this fiction. And I thought, this is what I do for fun in my free time. The idea that I could get a master's degree that involved me just writing stories felt like perfect. It felt like what a dream would look like. And so, you know, for me, it just became, uh, okay, let me see, let me enroll in this program and see if I'm any good at it. And then I was getting good feedback from my professors and from my peers. And I realized, oh, you know, this is something that I probably can and should take seriously as a professional endeavor and just sort of grew from there. And finally, you're working on another novel. And if so, can you give us a sneak peek into what it's about? I'm actually working on two novels. One is, is speculative and like kind of um, works in magical realism the way that And Again did. That's about a couple of generations of a Chicago family where the women can see imminent death by touching people. 
And then I'm also starting on a new thriller that uh, takes place in 1970s Europe and in California and sort of looks at um, deception and the, the politics of the era. And I'm having a lot of fun with All right. The book out now is The Lost Girls. It's by Jessica Chiarella. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And this is Speaking of Writers.